0: chapter twenty one of twenty minutes late by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty one merry christmas but after all the gift which had gone carefully boxed to her mother caroline believed would be the crowning delight of this christmas day that had been such a surprise that even now it almost took away her breath just to think of it She had been in the sewing room one day getting some directions from that good woman about Daisy's dress, for to tell the truth, she proved to be a most helpful practical adviser about that dress. Mrs. Packard was sewing busily on the machine, and Caroline, watching her, thought, as she had a hundred times before, If mother only had a sewing machine! But this thought she kept to herself Is that another machine over in the corner? was the only thing she said aloud yes said mrs packard reaching the end of her seam and stopping to cut the thread it is and it is a machine that i don't like a bit either that is i don't know anything about it and don't want to when i first came here the woman who had been sewing for these folks got that machine ready and bragged it up and thought of course i was going to sew on it it was new-fangled in every way to me and i didn't like it at all i worried and bothered over it for a day or two and then dr forsythe came in and asked how i liked it and i told the truth as i generally do and that very day he sent up the kind of machine i was used to and told me to shove the other one into a corner and let it go he said a woman who had to do all the sewing for an entire family odd at least to have the comfort of sewing on the kind of machine she was used to and liked there aren't many men like dr forsythe in this world my dear caroline heartily assented to this truth then went over and examined the discarded machine why it is just the kind my mother likes best she said with a little squeal of delight which ended in a sigh watchful mrs packard who had become a good friend to caroline heard the sigh does your mother sew on a machine she asked no ma'am said caroline with a slight laugh not very often when she goes to mrs hammond's to sew and to one or two other places where they have machines she does and this is the kind they have and she likes it ever so much but at home she sews by hand my land said mrs packard i should think that would be hard work she can't accomplish very much sewing it appears to me she does said caroline firmly accomplish ever so much sewing she sews hard all winter long makes dresses and shirts and underclothing and all sorts of things for people taking every stitch by hand for the land's sake said mrs packard what in the world does she do it for nobody does that any more. Caroline laughed a little sorrowfully. She does it just as we do a good many things, Mrs. Packard, because she has to. She hasn't any machine of her own, and we children haven't got old enough yet to buy her one. But we are going to some day. That is the first thing Ben and I are going to do. Mrs. Packard kept her own counsel and caroline went away unaware that she had said anything of special interest to anybody neither did she connect this conversation with the question which dr forsythe asked her one day how did her mother employ her time in the winter did she use a sewing machine what sort of a sewing machine would she use if she could have her choice he ended by presenting the machine which stood unused in the corner to caroline with full permission to do with it what she pleased of course he knew what she would please to do and himself planned that the machine should be sent to the rooms to be put in thorough order properly packed and forwarded to mrs bryant had there ever been a christmas day like this for her daughter caroline that young lady purposely refrained from turning herself in bed to take a look at certain packages which she felt pretty sure were piled on her chair or table her object being to have the delights of the day last just as long as possible first she must give her thoughts to mother and ben and daisy oh i omitted to say that six new dollies carefully dressed and with their elaborate wardrobes packed in a trunk had also been forwarded to daisy these were for the store of course perhaps it is not necessary to tell you how heartily dorothy entered into those plans and how very helpful her box of silks and laces as well as her skillful little fingers had been in the work dr Forsythe had arranged that instead of a family gathering in the mother's room to receive the christmas morning gifts each person should have his or hers in their own room dorothy had demurred a little at this and caroline had wondered over it until the doctor had told her in a grave aside his reasons there is less nervous strain and excitement about the matter planned in that way he said if our little girl receives her presence when quite alone and all is quiet around her she will have opportunity to get over the first excitement and excitement is something which we must guard her against you know it is becoming increasingly important that we should do so at last caroline gave a spring from her bed and set about the business of dressing resolved that until her hair and bath were disposed of and she was ready all but her dress she would not look at a single gift i know i have some things there she said with a laugh and resolutely turning her back to the chair but i hope i have self-control enough to let them alone until the proper minute the proper minute came at last and caroline found her powers of self-control taxed to their utmost every gift there was a surprise she dived first into a medium-sized box and found it to be a very handsome one silk lined from the stately grandmother a glove and handkerchief box with six pairs of gloves and one dozen fine hem-stitched handkerchiefs with her initials carefully worked in the corners what a wonderful gift to come to caroline bryant six pairs of gloves at once for a girl who had gone even to church many a time bare-handed because her gloves were so shabby she was not willing to wear them then came a large box so large that she could but wonder what it could contain a card lay on the top addressed in a delicate hand for my caroline with mrs forsythe's dear love the little squeal with which caroline discovered the contents was quickly suppressed lest dorothy should hear a new dress soft fine and beautiful in color a very dark maroon beautifully made and beautifully trimmed to one sleeve was pinned a paper which said again in mrs forsyth's writing to be put on early on christmas morning and worn through the day the doctor's gift was a bible how elegant it was caroline did not know she only knew the covers were soft the paper was as thin almost as a cobweb yet seemed very strong and while it was small enough in size to be conveniently carried to church and sunday school it contained so many other things besides the bible that her amazement was very great over the thought that so much could be put into so small a space and yet have the print so clear and beautiful it had as much in it as the large family bible at home grandmothers you know wrote caroline to her mother yet that is as much as ten times larger than this her full name in gold letters gleamed from the back instinctively she had left dorothy's little package to the last it is small and sweet like herself she said clasping the tiny white box and wondering what treasure the fair darling had bestowed upon her this time her voice did penetrate to dorothy's room and made her laugh how could it be helped what should lie gleaming at her from the delicate folds of cotton which surrounded it but a tiny chatelaine watch ticking away with all its might. It is such a trouble to be always looking at the schoolroom clock, said the card lying by the side of the watch, and underneath, for my dear darling Caroline from Dorothy. I'm sure you will excuse Caroline for being so wildly excited that it seemed almost impossible to get into her new dress and be ready for breakfast. So interested was she in her own belongings, and especially in viewing herself in the glass when the new dress was properly adjusted, that she well-nigh missed the package pushed quite under her chair. And when at last she spied it, she stopped wonderingly, and said aloud, "'What can that be? There are certainly no more presents this morning. I almost hope there are not. I do not see how I could bear any more.' Still, she stooped and drew out a neat, square-looking package done up in brown paper and read, between exclamations of astonishment and bewilderment, the address: Benjamin F. Bryant, with Christmas greetings from Dr. Forsythe and Dorothy. What could that mean? If any person living had had Christmas greetings from Dr. Forsythe and Dorothy, it was surely Benjamin Bryant had she not seen them herself go off by express while she stood staring and wondering a slip of paper in the corner of the package caught her attention she drew it forth and read to be opened by caroline and delivered by her to ben at her convenience dear me she said half laughing half crying at my convenience if ben doesn't get it whatever it is until i can deliver it to him i am afraid he will have to wait a long time i must look this minute and see what the dear boy has oh oh what people they are it seems a pity to have to tell you that caroline bryant sat flat on the floor new dress and all and made her eyes red by crying for joy for the contents of that package behold it was a new stenograph a very dainty finish packed neatly in its own leathern case such a present as that she was sure meant a great deal to ben meant more suits of clothes and books and comforts for mother and daisy for ben with such a knowledge of the stenograph as he would soon have when it was in his possession would be able to earn his living dr forsythe had said so what will he say she said meaning ben I wonder if I shall write to him about it, or keep it until I go, or what I ought to do. It does not seem as though I ought to keep it from him until spring. Oh, Ben, you don't know what is coming to you. While she was bathing her eyes, trying to take away the redness which the happy tears had brought, there came a gentle tap at her door. She made all speed to open it, and there stood Dr. Forsythe. Merry Christmas he said interrupting her eager oh dr forsythe then laughing over her oh i forgot merry christmas dr forsythe she continued eagerly i've seen them all and i don't know what i shall do i don't know how to say what i think and feel and i couldn't say it anyway never mind said dr forsythe it isn't necessary and besides there isn't time we have delayed breakfast this morning to give you young people time to get over your first fever but it is getting late it seems to me i haven't seen that dress on before it is very becoming now i will agree to imagine all the rest of the things that you would like to say because i want you to go down to the back parlor for me on an errand the fact is there is a little present there for you which has been omitted or at least it was not convenient to put it into your room you will find it in the back parlor by the south window another present said caroline how can i possibly have another present i have everything now that anybody could want very well he said smiling you may do as you like about accepting the present after you see it if you think you would like it and like to keep it with you to-day you may do so. If not, just let it be where it is in the corner, and I'll attend to it. But run right down now, please, and see about it. Is it marked? asked Caroline, almost breathless with excitement, as she ran down the stairs. Then Dr. Forsythe laughed merrily. No, it isn't marked, he said. At least it hasn't your name on it. I think you will recognize it if you do not come back and i will go and assist you caroline sped through the hall on swift feet her brain in a whirl of excitement what could there be in the back parlor for her after all the elegant presents she had received she pushed open the door and made all speed toward the south window looking curiously on the floor on the chairs under the sofa as she passed no package was to be seen nothing but the usual furniture of the room perhaps he meant in the window seat the searcher said and put out her hand to push back aside the curtain drew it suddenly back giving a faint scream the while and was folded in ben's arms such a time as there was in the back parlor for the next five minutes may be better imagined than described i came last night on the twelve o'clock ben explained in answer to her bewilderment yes i have been in the house all night they would not let me disturb you the doctor said you would not get any more sleep if i did and i was tremendously sleepy myself oh yes they expected me i came with mr holden he got a pass for me the superintendent of the road is a particular friend he is going on to new york to visit miss webster mr holden is you know not the superintendent dr forsythe wrote to me to come he said i was to be your christmas surprise and he came himself in the carriage to the depot and asked mr holden to come and spend the night with us but he couldn't he was expected in new york this morning i say line isn't he magnificent though caroline knew he meant dr forsythe and not mr holden though well aware that his adjective would do to apply to either gentleman well she said catching her breath and speaking almost hysterically i was never so surprised in my life did you ever see anything so wonderful oh ben how nice you look in your new coat and the neckties got there in time for you to wear one didn't they how nice that was of mother to get them out for you oh ben ben it's too good to believe and she reached up and kissed his brown cheeks ecstatically it's a high old time said ben and no mistake i thought when my christmas presents came that christmas had done everything it could for me for once and i wondered what mother meant by giving me my presents the night before you see she and mr holden got this up and didn't say anything to me until about an hour before the train started line i don't know that i ever saw anybody in my life that clothes made such a difference in you are as pretty as a picture did you know it what do fanny kedwin and rufus say to all this where are they by the way will i be likely to see them you will be likely to take dinner with them said caroline complacently dr forsythe has invited fanny and rufus to come here to dinner at five o'clock this afternoon he asked me if i would like to have them come and of course i would because they seem like a bit of home and another thing i knew they would enjoy it they are having kind of a lonesome time at their uncle's their cousins are older than they and then i don't think rufus and fanny are dressed well enough to suit them and they go off and have good times and leave those two alone with their aunt dr forsythe is going to send the carriage for them and make everything just as pleasant as he can oh ben you must come right away there is the bell for prayers and i haven't kissed dorothy good morning yet you can't think how sweet she is sometimes my heart just aches to have daisy see her they would love each other so much daisy has named her dearest doll after her already said ben following his sister down the long hall and halting her just before the dining room door was opened to say look here line this is new business to me being in a city house you know you must catch hold of my coat-tail or something if i don't do just right i suppose i'll make a hundred mistakes no you won't said caroline cheerily it isn't half so dreadful as i thought it would be you just have to be kind and pleasant and think about other people's comforts instead of your own just as you always do ben and then you are all right of course there are little things to notice at the table but it is easy to notice how other people do and do like them i've gotten over some of my silliness ben since i've been here and then caroline laughed to herself gleefully not over anything which had just been talked about but over the state of mind ben would be in if he only knew what was waiting up in her room for him at that minute the ordeal of breakfast was gotten through with very nicely caroline found herself proud of instead of being embarrassed for the manly boy who sat erect in his chair and answered promptly all questions that were put to him not merely with a yes sir and no sir but volunteering little bits of interesting items connected with his journey or with the town in which he lived also he showed the most respectful attention when the grandmother spoke and when the meal was over and she was about to leave the room sprang forward and opened the door for her this was no more it is true than he was in the habit of doing for his own mother but some boys wouldn't have thought of it therein ben found he had an advantage over many country boys who make their first visit to city homes he had been brought up to be respectful to his mother and indeed to all persons older than himself to his satisfaction he found that the training in this and many other small matters which he had received in his own quiet home stood him in good stead when he came where they used what Fanny Kedwin called city fied ways. End of chapter 21